0: And welcome back to another episode of The Discussion Phase, a board gaming podcast where we take a break from playing the games we love to
1: talk about the games we love.
0: I'm your host, Matthew. And I'm Brady. And on today's episode, we're going digital and talking about a board gamer's best friend. That's right, the Digital Companion app. We'll also be breaking down one of the most important life lessons a gamer will ever learn. No pain, no gain. So stick around, and as always, buckle up. Right. Well, Brady, you know, we've been having just uh, one guest after the other these past couple episodes and stuff. Some real hitters, you know, some fan favorites. But today it's just back in you and me, right? The real yep. OGs.
1: Back to the original crew.
0: Yeah. Now I felt like we disappointed the listeners a little bit last week with our uh, lack of um, plays that we had that week. We were just really kind of uh, tossing in our gamer cards. Yeah, this
1: weekend we, we kind of made up for that.
0: Yeah, we made up for it with uh getting in some fantastic games um so we're going to go over some of those and everything brady why don't you just discuss one of the first ones we played
1: yeah so uh, like matthew and i said last week i think we were feeling some withdrawals and so i wanted i had been wanting to jump into marco polo for the longest time matthew's had a like blinged out copy of it um with upgraded resources and his dang um uh, coins that he had to import from Brazil and all of this stuff. So I've been wanting just to play it. Just a
0: pristine it. copy just sitting on my shelf begging yep. to be played.
1: So we played it and it was great. I loved it. It was uh, another like dice worker placement and um, we've been playing a lot of those but that one really, it was really good. We've only played it once but I'm um, really looking forward to playing.
0: Yeah, there's no engine building, but you could feel like there's a sense of comboing, right? Because it's all about getting your resources, you know, the stereotypical trading Mediterranean, but we're in kind of uh, East Asia, but you're trying to fulfill contracts by getting resources, but those contracts give you bonuses or give you additional resources that you can chain to your next action or you can change into your next contract. And so even though there's not directly, hey, there's a bunch of comboing, there is a lot of that good feeling in there. And there's kind of that Euro sandbox where you can uh, take your merchant or your trader, whoever character that you've picked for asymmetric player powers, right? That's one thing we love in games and you have and kind of kind of build your own worker placement um, locations and bonuses. And so you really kind of customizing your entire system there. And there's so much replayability with the way everything's set up. And, you know, it has one of those things where we really appreciate, and we've been mentioning it a lot lately, at least I have, is that you know, there's some games where the worker placements and it's, you know, if someone goes to that location, it's done. It's locked off. You can't go there. You can't take that action or anything like that. Um, but like Marco Polo, if you really, for a lot of the actions and locations where you can take your dice, if you really, really need to take that location or that worker placement spot that someone else has already been to, you can, you're just going to have to play, pay an inordinate price for it. Right. So it gives you, it's still like that, Oh, that tension, do I need to go there first? Or I'm going to miss that because now it's going to be more expensive. But if you are really desperate enough to take that action, you can do it. You're just gonna have to pay a heavy cost. I mean, I still enjoy like you know, cutthroat worker placements when it goes there, it's done, but it's nice to having that like wheels churning in my head. Okay. If I spend those extra resources, is that action still uh, worth it? And so I absolutely loved and adored our playthrough of Marco Polo. This is Marco Polo two in the service of the con. We haven't ever, I don't, you haven't played the base Marco Polo. I hadn't either. And for most people that you talked about it, they described traveling as being really hard. If it was, if this is because the second one is considered easier traveling, I couldn't imagine what the first one was because you still feel that uh heavy burden of cost for traveling a lot of the time. Yeah.
1: I don't know that I would want it to be any tighter than it was, and I agree. There's I'm, I'm I have a bigger appreciation for these games that like do feel tight uh the whole time, but you uh, like you said, if you need to go to a spot, you can you can go to it, you're not completely shut out, you're just gonna have to pay. You know a ton of resources and so really the evaluation comes like oh like is that worth going to for me you know because i'm gonna have to sacrifice all of this other stuff
0: yeah so it was definitely the weekend of dice work replacement because after we had played marco polo 2 uh we also got in uh teo teo and this is we've we've loved to walk
1: teo to Teo to however you say that
0: teo teo <laughs> I think we've said it teo, like twenty different con. ways. That's what I'm going with. I'm going to stick with it. Sounds cool. Uh, we love Zulkin. Uh, we you know we play a three, four, or five players. We got it all blinged out the expansions. We love the mechanics. Uh, so teo, teo Con is just like the next step. In that series of games, and I mean, it's definitely a step up in difficulty from Zulkin, absolutely. But it is goes from traditional worker placement to dice worker placement. Uh, but what's so neat, unique about it? It's got it's got that kind of rondel system that we see in so many other games, like
1: and rondel just means a circle,
0: a circle, right? You'll <laughs> it see it in like Great Western circle. Trail or Maracaibo or like,
1: Monopoly. <laughs>
0: okay. yes it's technically even monopoly right you're going around in a circle yeah. uh, but you know you have to complete that cycle before you can go around and get those actions again but you have you start off with three dice right or is your third one locked sort of i believe you know you start with three dice your fourth one is locked that you can get in addition to that um but you can control to where the, you know your dice start at different parts of the board um but you can choose up to three spaces that you can move those dice but thing is if you pair your dice and get them to go in the same exact spot you get to take more powerful actions and then your dice level up so it's a combination of how many dice you have there and what the value of the lowest dice is is how strong you can take of an action so it's not only when do I take my actions? What actions? How can I optimize it so I'm taking the better version of that action, right? And it still has that tension because if I wait too long to go get that action, and other people are there, I have to pay a higher cost for my actions in the form of cacao, right? That's kind of like the currency. Or uh, cocoa. It's it's absolute cacao. There's a there's an O A OA there at the end. Cocoa. Is that
1: is it is it really? I, I
0: yeah. Okay. It's, it's it's pronounced cacao for for being pr, uh, proper. It's like toa. It's, it's not Troyes. Troyes,
1: that's Tro- how I say. It. Yeah, we it, also played Troyes.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's another another uh, dice game. before we get to that one, what were your thoughts on TeoTeoCon?
1: Um, yeah, I think I liked it. I don't know if I'm going to say yet that I like it better than um, better than Zulkin. Um, I I I don't think I like the way the board looks. I really enjoyed the game, just
0: aesthetically, the art.
1: Yeah, because. Like it doesn't make any sort of intuitive sense. I know we talked about that recently, but there are a couple of like resource getting spots where it's like you go to a forest or a mine or whatever, and all the spaces just look the same. They're all just big rectangles. And so, you know, when you go to mine those resources, it doesn't look like you're going to a mine. And I don't know. I think
0: technically those tiles are supposed to represent buildings. I think what it is but yeah I would, that makes sense if it was the art on there was you're actually a forest or is actually a mine or a gold mine or a quarry or whatever it is we're getting stone and make a little more yeah. graphic sense but the iconography and, i felt was really good on it though yeah.
1: but yeah and on you know and the i guess uh, the tracks on like uh, Zulkin. Yeah, it just looked a little more thematic because there's yeah, there's just more like better artwork and more pictures on the board that kind of just...
0: When you're going to get the corn and everything, you're actually yeah. pulling it off from the fields, right? And when yeah. you're getting wood, you're pulling off the forest. Yeah, I can understand that. But the great thing is like, we didn't even really touch any of the expansion stuff because this was our first play. Yeah, we just played yeah. not even
1: the base game. We played like the, the setup game. Yeah, we played whatever. the
0: setup version. So we didn't even... I mean, all those worker... Placement locations are interchangeable and random. And in the expansion, they add some variations on them too to make them a little bit better. Uh, we didn't even touch the asymmetric player ba- powers, the extra track and board off to the side. Um, there's some the variable setup. Yeah, the variable resources. setup. Yeah, the, in the draft, you because they had those like the same thing in the uh, in um, I can't remember if, if it was the base or with the expansion. But you can, you can, you're given these tiles and you can choose two of the four tiles and those are your starting resources or setup. But it, you can actually kind of do it like a draft. So you can do it draft style where you see like, all the possible tiles out there instead of getting randomly four given to you you can actually draft from the entire thing and we go around and doing a draft with yeah it.
1: i don't, i wouldn't play zulk in like any other way now so i'm really looking forward to the next play of Teo where we get to yeah and i mean there were there were so stuff. many
0: asymmetric player powers that we couldn't even we didn't even have a chance to even go through them all and look at them it's like like 16 at least a dozen if not more asymmetric player powers so i'm excited just for the sheer replayability and the strategy that you have to like Okay, this is the board setup it's going to be different every game so thing is with zolkin it does have a little bit of game gamer gamingness to it because the setup doesn't change as far as the worker placement location so you can kind of optimize combos for when to send to the corn versus when to get your building and combo that off with different uh, tech bumps obviously you know your player count I don't know, increased I don't and with, we've gotten that far yet Too. <laughs> yeah we i mean if you if you deep dive on bgg and the forums and stuff there's some crazy stuff where they're just like calculus and they've mapped out every kind of combos to just get crazy scores like we're we're scoring like in the 70s 80s maybe in 90s like these are scores that put you into 160s 170s range So they're just like super brainy strategies. But in Teo, you're not going to really have that because you have no idea where these hexes, these worker placement spots are going to be put and uh, what your asymmetric player power is going to be. And uh, the different because the different tech tiles that are out there, like we play with just the techs that were on the board. Those are going to be different every single game. So you can't like come into it with an optimized strategy. So I appreciate that. And it's kind of going to be, you know, something that we talk about a little bit later. Games that, you know, warrant more plays so that you can get better at them. Uh, so I think that was fantastic. And then we
1: we got to stop talking about it because you're making me want to play it, and there's, not <laughs> no, there's only two of us here.
0: I know there's only two of us here. Maybe we need to make more friends. Now they're all they're busy tonight and uh, our, stuff. So
1: our boys got um, at least some of them had a close encounter with uh, some COVID stuff so yeah. they're kind of having to hunker down a they're little gonna, bit
0: yeah hunker down stay safe thoughts and prayers are with them oh they'll be nice. they'll be fine they've gone through this uh it's probably their, their second or third quarantine you actually during one part this past fall you had like two or three like back to back to back quarantines yeah. you got out of one and you found out you were exposed to someone else and you you got back into another quarantine yeah. pretty quickly it was not a fun time no you, had, you literally had a month of just like lockdown and loneliness oh, yeah uh but another you mentioned it previously another dice game that we got in was twa uh, I had played it before. I've actually played before that game. I played it one and a half times. I played a full game. I played like a, a quarter or a half of a game and then someone else showed up. And so instead of playing the entire rest of the game and that person not being included, we shut it down and then we picked a different game. Um, I'm a little torn on it. I know that some people, especially some board game reviewers, especially on YouTube and stuff, love twa to Death. They just one of the top favorite games. I think the mechanics in there are mechanics I like. I just don't ever really feel excited for what this I'm doing. Was,
1: this was the first time I had ever played. And I have to say, I was completely lost for the first yeah. half of the game. I just really didn't understand what where the points were going to come from. Because the point, like, you kind of, like, slowly flip you're over these You're playing the
0: game without full knowledge. Yeah, so you're yeah. slowly getting more knowledge. And it is until the third round where, like, they're, like there's essentially, you know, three different tracks or areas of the game. There's like a church uh, prestige track. There's an economy track. There's a military kind of track where your cards are coming out that you can take your actions on, but it isn't until a third of each of those cards come out that you really know this is the scoring opportunities that this is going to give me. And I don't know if I love that.
1: Yeah. It almost ended up helping me out, not knowing what to do because I ended up winning um, and I got a little lucky because one of the cards just ended yeah. up like being right up my alley. Whereas as as I was going with the heavy that economic
0: wearing. strategy, getting my yellow dice out there for... Um, the thing about Trois, it's not a hard game, but conceptually the first time you play it, it's different. The way it just all fits together. It's not super intuitive if you haven't played a game like it before. So it's kind of hard for us to kind of describe it. But essentially it's a dice drafting and you're using those dice to take corresponding actions you can use your own dice or you can pay to use an opponent's dice and so it's all about do i use my dice do i take an opponent's dice uh to use those actions so it can actually be pretty cutthroat we played a three-player this game with myself brady and david and david constantly was targeting me because he knew brady had never played before so he, unassumingly he never targeted brady and you ended up it winning felt, right
1: it felt nice
0: yeah it felt nice but yeah i was going a heavy economic yellow strategy and Um, the third card it was good it was a good scoring but it was nowhere near as powerful it was a it was a limited like scoring opportunity versus one of the white cards that came out you just happened to already have built up kind of an engine to let you optimize it more and you didn't have very many restrictions on like how far you could push it you're it it was a card that could continue to scale where mine was like a limited scoring opportunities with it um but i mean I mean, there's the games where you have full knowledge all up front, and so you have to play strategic planning at the very beginning, or those games where you just play the game. Like, there's nothing really super super laid out. You're just playing the game, and we'll see what comes to us. And almost kind of like Everdell a little bit, too. You know, when you first start with Everdell, you're just going to play the game and try to optimize some stuff, and then more things will come out Everdell drives me crazy with, like, the
1: first season or whatever when you only have two workers. I wish you could just skip that and start with just a certain amount of resources. Yeah. So I don't know about Troy Toy Yes. Twa. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a Troy No for me.
0: <laughs> Ooh. I don't know if anyone has uh, pulled that pun out before. It's yeah, I mean it's solid. I, I don't have any like mechanical complaints with the game, although we did play with some expansion cards, um, the ladies of the town or whatever the ladies of the wall whatever that expansion is with it. And yeah, there was a nice expansion. There were some OP like military reward cards that didn't really make sense compared to the base game. Um, but I don't have any complaints with it. I just never felt excited for what I was doing. And
1: I was just confused the whole time. For
0: the yeah. So Brady, honestly, you, you need another play to really make a and informed speaking judgment of about being it. being
1: confused the whole time. We also, David and I got in a, a game, if you want to call it that of on mars. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think one of the heaviest games we've ever played and I think on BGG it's rated at like a 4.2 or 3 or something is um uh, what's the game? Terra Mystica, Terra right? Terra Mystica. Yeah. So that's one of one of my favorites. As well so as when as I think of like the heaviest game that I play, it's Terra Mystica, but um this one on Mars is rated like a 4 six or seven or something i can't remember and so i i kn- knew that it was going to be heavy but we no one that we were playing with really
0: knew how to play the game they hadn't been listening to our art of the teach hadn't
1: yeah no and and we didn't it's have rated a 4.63 there.
0: out of five
1: yeah and we didn't have you there matthew who usually like watches five videos and reads the rule book like four times watches over.
0: the playthroughs of it. Yeah. Well, the thing so, is, David, I, I thought he had said he was, we going to read the rule books or watch some videos before. It. And in comparison to root, which is, you know, a completely asymmetric game is only rated a 3.67.
1: Yeah. And so honestly it gave me a huge appreciation for you and like all the other people who like Did work really me? hard to learn rules <laughs> and stuff. Um, but as far as the game goes, like yeah, I said, what is we didn't like the play, concepts? Because the
0: it the, what are the main mechanics in it? Because I haven't like looked into it place, too deeply,
1: but it's kind of weird. You're you kind of have these like two halves of the board. One is um, one is on Mars, and the other one is is in orbit or something like that. And so you can kind of only do certain actions on each side of the board. And so I think from what I gathered, the key. Um, aspect of it is really trying to is trying to know when you need to sort of flip to the other side of the board in mm-hmm. order to like maximize your uh your engine i guess
0: well the th- i love well whenever i say space theme there are clear dif- i love like like grounded space theme like high fantasy space games lose me a little bit just because i feel like every other word is just like someone hit their keyboard on their on their computer <laughs> yeah. as hard as they can. And they just came like up Citadel with their- Confluence. Yeah, like, Sidereal has, Confluence, yeah, TI4. Yeah. Well, let's just hit our computer as hard as we can and just have a random name, name come up yeah. and I got to interpret it. But like grounded games uh, and like terraforming Mars and stuff like that, I really enjoy. So the theme looks uh, really cool. The components look top-notch. You got those individual player yeah, boards. look fantastic. The I'm art. not a
1: huge fan of, of space games from like a design standpoint, but this one was a good looking Space game. In fact, I said it was the Dwellers of Eldervel Killer because it's got like a lot of the same looking like little screen printed meeples. Um and so it's got like little spacemen and um like rovers and all of this kind of stuff. Um so it, it looks pretty for sure.
0: Yeah. And if you listen to last week's episode, uh David mentioned one of the games he had just gotten on his trip to Vegas at one of the kind of uh, board game cafes and game stores there was fleet the dice game and he's like guys oh, yeah. and we and actually we, play. we played it after we record that episode just like he asked us to and you know with our group and we may mention it there too is like the whole roll and write kind of craze and phase i feel like it's dying down a little bit um but it just never like took on super strong like we played the cartographers the welcome to um i don't Gonchan. know gosh on clever i don't know if you would consider tiny towns a roll and write I've never played it. Yeah, never played it. Uh, But it kind of has the same feel. Uh, But I've never just been blown away by them. I appreciate them because they're quick to play. Uh, But we played Fleet the Dice Game. And um, I'm already sold when it has anything to do with, like, nautical theme. I love pirates. I love... Uh, ships, boats, submarines, uh, like Royal British Navy, like those old movies and stuff. So I saw it now. granted, it's not a pirate movie uh, game or anything like that, but it's like you are fishermen in a, a dock, just like thing Northeastern Maine. And the whole thing that is different in, in this roll and write is that you're rolling dice, but you're drafting. I think the drafting of those dice in this game make it so good uh, because you're essentially uh drafting these dice and on these dice there's different fish cod shrimp tuna lobster swordfish oysters some stuff like that king crab king crab and uh whenever you take those dice you get to uh check off the next box in that fish type and if you check off enough enough you can unlock a boat uh, boats allow you to catch fish during fishing phases, which give you points. You can unlock a license for that particular fish, which is like bonuses. So, like during the income phase, you get more. Every time you release a boat, you get money. Uh, every time you do this action, you get that. So it's like, which it's fish do I? Action, which yeah. fo- fish do I focus on that gives me the combos I want? Uh, because there's so many combos that, like, whenever you trigger this action, you get coins. You fill in your coins, and you get a star. You get a free fill in action so it's one of those games like there's so much to fill in we'll never get it done it's similar to gone Sean, clever like there's so many spaces and so many numbers i need to fill in we're drafting these dice there's not enough dra- dice we're going to draft to fill in all these spots but you start seeing the combos to get all these free actions and these bonus incomes and you're unlocking ships so that you can go fishing more during the fishing phase and then you get bonuses for filled up boats and I, we i mean over the course of that weekend we played it i at least i did at least three times and so are you a big fan? It's, I think it's taken my place as my number one roll and right game. Really? Yeah. yeah I so mean, Gosh yeah, Clever I, is, I love that one, but it's different. Uh, this one with the drafting in it and with one of the little modules, there's like a global objective that's a, like a race. Like the first one to complete this gets this bonus five points. And then at the end of the game, whoever has done this the most gets another bonus five points. Uh, So adding that in there, too. And there's also like variable player setups, like asymmetric player setups. You're given these cards so you can be captain this person or you can be this kind of captain and you get to start with certain stuff in different fish. You get to start with uh, different market bonuses. So it's like asymmetric setup and different focuses. And so every game can be a little bit different. So it's I, I was blown away and impressed by it um, it's been out for several years and no one else has really been talking about it. I feel like very much. And so I was absolutely just thrilled by like, Hey, I've never played this game. Never really heard about it. I just absolutely loved it.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Rolling right has really done that for me. I just, um, and I think in that one too, it like, it doesn't, it never felt tight. I never felt like, Ooh, I need to roll this or, or whatever. I just kind of felt like for the most part, I could kind of do whatever the whole time and still like score a lot of points. Yeah.
0: Well, one of the, one of the sides of the dice is shrimp. And one of the bonuses that you can get by going down the shrimp track is if you ever roll a shrimp die. So this is kind of one of the powers that is specific to the face of the die. You get special stuff. So if you're going down that track, you are trying to get uh, that specific dice, but there's powers you can unlock that let you re-roll a die. So there's powers you can unlock that use the dice as a wild and it played really great at two. It played super fast david and i played at two players and played really fast really smooth really clean and the drafting was still tight in it even at two players it's almost more so because there you're not rolling as many dice that everyone is drafting from uh, so we played it i played it two three and a four player count and i absolutely loved it i do kind of worry that the more i play it um you're going to start happening the same thing that happened with taverns or tiefenthal we haven't really talked it before on the podcast, but it's it's uh, it's this, uh by Wolfgang Warsh, the same guy who did The Mind, and he also yeah. did Quacks of Quedlinburg. And you
1: kind of just max out every time. Yeah, I mean, about.
0: it's just, I love all the mechanics of it. I love the theme. It's, so fan- it's fantastic. Instead of uh, uh, bag building, it's kind of a deck building where you're trying to flip out these cards, and then it kind of fuels your engine. But the more we played it, the more we started maxing out on our scores pretty consistently yeah. to where like, I know this is a strategy that is giving us the max points and we're tapping that out. And it's almost more of a, who can get those cards first versus who can have the most optimal engine. And I, and I worry, I don't know that it is going to happen, but with fleet, the dice game that every time we're playing, we're, we're like maxing out our money tracks and starting to max out. Like there's not very much left on our board that isn't maxed out. Um, so, but I hope that's not the case because I love it. Um, yeah,
1: and we also we got in a, a sesh of Jaws of the Lion and we won't go into too much detail on that yeah, spoiler spoilers there. but we have started using a companion app yeah. for that right So that's a
0: great transition to our next segment here going digital like the best board game uh, companion apps that really just get all the clutter out of the way and let you sh- I don't want to say streamline the experience because you're like, hey, let's just. A lot of time people say streamline because you're wanting to cut out, but like you're just not having less you're not having to do all the um, tracking and all the upkeep and stuff. Now there's some games, um, like City of the Big Shoulders, where like that is upkeep, uh, Excel spreadsheet, the board game, and like the whole appeal of that game is. And like, I love it. Oh, I, I love it to death. <laughs> I've been begging to play it. We just haven't had a chance these past couple of weeks. Uh, But literally, that is the game is keeping up with all the fiddliness and turning the dials and Getting your little paper out there. What is that? Uh, it's an abacus. It's like uh, Stephen refers to as like I need an abacus for this game. It's that. Oh yeah, it's, it's like the old school metric for keeping track where you're moving the balls yeah. uh, left and right on these we tracks. We
1: really just need to hire an accountant to just come over there and. Uh, see yeah, the I mean an abacus would be pretty cool. We, I
0: think we mentioned it last week on the episode with its uh, art. Uh, but these are games where you want to app because all that upkeep and stuff doesn't add to the experience. It gets in the way. Uh, so yeah, the first one that um, the more I've played, I probably played at least a dozen plus games of Gloomhaven now. And we have only played one or two without the Gloomhaven like, companion app. And I say official because it's like, what's uh, so great about Isaac Childress is that he is so into community development for his game and community support. And he kind of designs his game specifically with the Gloomhaven, almost what we call it, the Gloomhaven world now, because we have Jaws of the Lion, which actually is set in Gloomhaven, but we have Frosthaven. So kind of the Gloomhaven universe is that set up to where fan and community support, especially branching out of Board Game Geek, can fuel that game and new content. Uh, but people on there created... Uh, gloomhaven companion app and kind of a helper and it's compatible with uh frosthaven it's going to be once all that content comes out it's fully uh, compatible with jaws of the lion but essentially what it does is take out the most fiddly part i think with gloomhaven is keeping up with the monster ai decks with their making sure you're flipping their powers and their cards because there can be a lot of different like three four five different monster types and so that takes up a lot of table space
1: yeah and just like Bless these people who go out of the way. And, and
0: it's not janky. There is top-notch. Yeah, it's really nice. It, it probably,
1: I mean, I can't imagine. I'm not a very techie person, but I can't imagine how long it took yeah. to build that app. I mean, and, I think there's
0: a whole team of people that are adding content. But it, the, the graphic is identical. The fonts, I mean, the background art, I mean, it literally looks like an official... App that one of these big name companies would make but it's yeah. fan driven and what's so nice about it is that okay we're playing scenario five of jaws of the lion so we select where jaws of the lion is the game we're playing we select scenario five we can select our difficulty level it shows us based on what difficulty level we're playing how much bonus xp how much gold each coin is worth how much damage traps do and so you can gauge instead of having to like run all these numbers in your head like hey do we want to play an like a additional difficulty level here's the changes that would happen if we do that and so as soon as you do that it automatically populates all the uh, monsters and different enemy types you're going to encounter in that game and all you have to do is just add how many elite or how many normal ones you're playing it already populates it based on your difficulty level their health stats their movement stats base stats and then it already takes care of all of their movement AI whenever you select a new round. Now you can actually keep track of like each player's health, each player's money XP. We take care of that ourselves. We really think the best part of it is keeping track of the monsters, like their unique abilities each round. And then also like their are a modifier. So like, are they muddled? Are they poisoned? Are they bleeding? Anything yeah. like that? And I couldn't um, imagine playing without it.
1: Yeah. I think I, I like fell in love with like these digital companion apps and honestly, this one's a bit of a step further, but um, Jacob and uh, and I and our wives played through um, the new Lord of the Rings Journeys of Middle-Earth this past year. And um, and I just really like that. And that isn't, I guess it's not a companion app. It, that is, you have to have that in order to play.
0: So you couldn't play the game without it? Uh, no. There's no other option? Yeah, no
1: other option. And I know, how do you feel about that? Do you like that? Like, there nah. is no other option. Well, I've
0: never played a game to where you had to have a device to use uh, it. Most yeah. of its games, it, it, you have that as an option. But it really, it comes down to how functional is it. Is it easy to use? Does it make sense to navigate? I know a lot of these apps where I played them before is, like, if you make a decision, it's really hard to back out of that decision that you make. I believe when we played XCOM before, I don't think you were there when we played it, Stephen had the game, and has a digital companion app with it, and it can be, finicky a little yeah. bit if you put in okay here's the decision it's, it, and then it automatically generates the next round and it's hard to go back oh we made a mistake let's let's yeah i think reset sometimes that.
1: we did have something like that happen where we would like kill the wrong enemy or something but um that was like few and far between and yeah
0: but yeah. i mean if it adds to the the the, the graphic the immersion of it I know some people, they have like a TV monitor screen next to their table and they like, especially if you have an Apple device, you can airplay it or hook it up via HDMI. And so kind of like it just adds that extra depth. It automatically includes some background music with it. Um, But I haven't ever played a game to where like I had to purposely take my attention from the physical board and pay attention to the digital app to play it. Well, I guess other than um, um, Chronicles of Crime, right? Yeah, and so, that's another one yeah, where, but that almost seems more like an interface more than it is like running it through the app because like you're using your phone t- with its QR codes to take pictures of things and, or you're using your phone to like actually like m- move around in a 3d environment. So you can uh, uh, inter- uh, interact with the crime scene. So you can yeah. pick up uh, uh, evidence that you see on the ground or on the wall or things left behind or something broken I think that has been my favorite. So I guess I wasn't quite right about uh, you having to have a digital thing to play. I've done it with Detective uh, Chronicle of Crime. Um, But I enjoyed that because it felt like it was integrated. Like it was an actual tool like you would use out in the actual field. Like you're using an instrument or whatever it is in the actual crime field. Our instrument is our phone or I guess with your iPad or whatnot. And I've been curious to see what it'd be like to actually use that to help turn into like a big like like I even thought it would like, be really cool to have like a dinner murder mystery night to where yeah. you, you, your game after dinner is like uh, Chronicles of Crime and you can hook it up your phone or your iPad airplay it to your TV and so you could have I don't know how many people that game plays up to but like if you had six people you could have them all kind of interacting with it and seeing what's on the screen um
1: Yeah my only thing with Chronicles of Crime is there's such a big focus on the the app or the device that you're playing on it, that you really can't play or include too many people. So I feel like it was yeah, best it to two because if you play with more than that, everyone's just kind of going, so what's happening on the phone over there? Well, that's, well, that's one of the things I mentioned yeah. is like
0: if you had a TV or something and you could airplay it in your uh, living room or whatnot, so you can have a larger group of people. Uh, however, many the game suggests going up to. Yeah, that's actually. Hey, so kind what's of almost on the phone?
1: To have to give people, yeah, like a turn with the phone because. Yeah. Yeah, I think it might be a little more fun if multiple people could have uh, the app and have the device and they could oh, kind of I, be exploring yeah, different things. Yeah, or if like,
0: you could sync it because a lot of apps and programs now with multiple people logged in at the same time, if you're in proximity, you can sync. So you could have like two detectives investigating yeah. at the same time. That'd be interesting. It's probably, I think it's Lucky Duck Games who makes that. Yeah, we, like, my
1: wife and I played through uh, like the the whole base game, and we liked it for us too. But yeah, you couldn't more. really do. I played more it at than three that. players.
0: Um, but yeah, that would be interesting if you if they expanded the app to where like like a group of two people could be investigating this different area, and this other two people can investigate this different area. But it's all within the same confines of the same going on game going on. That maybe way more than the, the game needs to go on or it may get so confusing but i think it'd be interesting to see how something like that would work i know david he uh backed the most recent kickstarter for it and he got all the um, uh, new scenarios for it the ones that take you back in medieval time the one that's taking you know, like the cyberpunk future uh settings and so he hasn't touched them yet <laughs> we got so many other things to play but it'd be interesting to play more of it i think the one time i'm uh, a couple times I did play it it was late in the evening I was super tired and I was like you guys got this I'm not going to focus yeah. my my mental energy too hard on it um but yeah so those are um apps that you know you have to have but what are some other apps that you like to use Brady that are optional but they enhance the experience I know one we do all the time at the very beginning of the game I don't you I think I'm the only person in the group who doesn't have it uh but it's like the player order generator yeah
1: this is getting more popular and yeah everybody else has it and all it is is it's a little app I, and there's different versions of it i think we have one called tiny decisions um and all you do is all, every player just puts their little finger on the screen and uh, it just selects the first player and there's a couple of other things that it can do like it can it can pick a game for you that sort of thing but um yeah we've gotten really really used to using that
0: yeah and then if, i wouldn't consider it a, as much a companion app but something that hence the experience is Uh, We've mentioned it all the time, but Melodice as well, you know, use it on your phone or whatever is great. Uh, But there's a lot of companion apps that help take over text heavy games. Um, So ones that come off to off the top of my mind that I've used before myself is like um, Dead of Winter, you know, the classic kind of cooperative zombie game. Uh, I haven't I can't remember the last time I played it. Uh, But I still have so many like fun memories, especially those uh, crossroad cards where it's a text and you're like, okay, you found this woman in this building. Do you go in there and help her or do you abandon her? You know, what do we do? Because we don't know the outcome. Um, But then like someone does know the actual answer because they have to read it. So what the companion app does, it kind of I don't know if it voices the text for you or you can read it but you can see the options without knowing what the potential answer is. Oh, okay. So you're like, okay, we have to pick an answer and no one else kind of knows uh we have to pick an option. No one else really knows what the answer is. And so you press it, you're committed to it. And then whatever that outcome is that comes with it, or, you know, text heavy games, like something like this War of mine, where I know they're going to be adding these companion stuff. I think they already have it for base gloom Haven. I know they're doing it for uh frost Haven is, uh, is just voice reading this text. And so it's kind of got background yeah. music and they're just reading the text. I think Oh, sworn, has that too, right? Yeah. So what's his name from uh, game of Thrones? Yeah. Um,
1: I can't remember what his name is, but he's, he plays, um, the like head of the, the black watch and game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that was one of the big things that, um, that got me attracted to that game is they gave an option to have the app or the, the rule book. And, Coming from that Lord of the Rings journeys game,
0: did they have a lot of text like read over reading stuff? Yeah, on there?
1: and and they, I think they it read some of the text out loud, but not all of it, which was kind of annoying. Because
0: was it like could you tell it was like professionally voice acted, or was it just read? Because you can tell the difference if someone's just reading text, or I would say the somewhere eye, in the middle, fluctuations on their voice and everything like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, so the Oathsworn stuff is like professionally read. Like um, audiobook kind of style, which is yeah.
0: you, Brady, is our audio audiophile uh, when it comes to audiobooks. Yeah. How many, like, hundreds of hours would you say you have on Audible I, at this I time? I
1: haven't checked in a while, but the last time I checked, I had, like, three months and some odd hours listened to on Audible uh, total, and I am a master on, on Audible. Which is uh one of my greatest
0: achievements which I've is thought. the the name they give to people <laughs> who they sucker out of the most money yeah <laughs> no i've had it for a no, long time but it's great Is like it's, you either got podcasts or you got audible and stuff when you're driving and you doing yeah. stuff uh but those are to me i think the reason why I, i'm drawn to those because i remember when we played uh uh the rise of fenris the legacy campaign there for scythe brady i don't remember this and so we were i was super excited it was the first time i was doing any kind of legacy kind of campaign albeit it's pretty small and so we got together, it was myself, Brady, uh, Jacob and Steven. And, uh, so I open up the rise of Friends and I start reading and I didn't realize how much text was in like the yeah. background. And so like five or six minutes had gone by and I'm still reading, uh, the text and the guys at some point it's like, okay, Matthew, can you just kind of give us the overview of what's yeah. happening <laughs> here? Honestly, put it down. like,
1: and you know, you were saying like, if, a, if an app declutter stuff and for me, just nothing, and we experienced this a little bit with On Mars recently, nothing just sucks the energy out of a game like someone who has to like dig through the rule book over and over and over again. So if the app can help you avoid that and just make things more intuitive and easy, um, I am all for it. And that's what it did with that Lord of the Rings Journeys game. And it's, it's similar to uh, Mansions of Madness, which we, we just recently did as well. The difference on... Uh, Mansions of Madness is it actually had some fun, like actual puzzles that you had to do. So if you, um, like had to get into a door, you had you could like pick the lock and it would on the app, oh, yeah, yeah, you would like do a, a physical that's how, uh, this puzzle. war of yeah. mine,
0: uh, had as well because it's all about you know, you're in this a uh, war zone area in like Western or Eastern Europe and uh, you're going out and survive. And one of the mechanics was trying to pick blocks and so with that companion app you could physically are trying to time your inputs on this phone and if you don't get it right it's like you like you get a couple tries and if you get it wrong it's like you get the negative consequences like like, extra level of that it added like immersion and tension i forgot it had that but that was probably the coolest thing so i wish that more than just organizing and upkeep is that these games had that little thing because it's so often it's like hey you can just flip over cards see if you're successful or roll a die to see if you're successful how about an app to where like you yeah, have you to like, use your actual brain, you so have to, to use think, your yeah. actual timing, your <laughs> reflexes to put some kind of inputs. And if you don't get it correct, either quick enough or in enough tries, then that determines whether or not you succeed or fail. Yeah. And it's like, it makes your heart race. Like I don't have my heart. isn't going to race about to flip over a card or do a die, But like uh, the pressure is on me and people are looking at me to yeah, perform yeah. here. I, yeah. So I think if game could add more of that I know some people you hear talk like on principle, I don't want, um, digital stuff taking over games. I can't imagine a world where it is because we already have video games. I yeah. mean, we have I well, mean, I think billions people, of dollars of industry the in video games and that's people, not stopping. People are anything. like,
1: they're worried about, you know, the app losing support. And so now they've bought well, like a game for buy, however much. Okay. And, uh, and you know, the app starts losing support. And so now since you need the app, the, the, oh, physical okay. stuff I got is you. Now okay. I got you things. Cause
0: it's different versus like, cause root, we mentioned that the other week or yeah. Scythe or blood rage. Which I honestly haven't. We we can talk about this more in another segment. Uh, I haven't even touched that blood rage digital edition. We do need to talk about this. Kickstarters <laughs> yeah. under delivering. I'm gonna hold off on that. But if it's a full digital game, you got everything. But in these half digital half board games, you got your board game component. That's not changing. But if they don't like add expansions or keep that up to date, then you can't play your game. So with the full digital yeah. game, you can always play it. With the full board game, you can always play it. But when it's half and half, if they don't keep up that digital, yeah, that's right. You're 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 out of luck yeah.
1: and i i not that i worry about it but i like the idea that if we go into the zombie apocalypse like we have hours
0: of entertainment years yeah and I mean, so
1: it's like you don't have movies you don't have video games anymore but we've got board yeah because just and imagine you know, like yeah.
0: you could still pull out in some of these kind of like classic games you pull a game out for 20 years like you can play it pull out you know these axes and allies or catans or these you know whatever type of game it is from 20 years ago you can still play it is um journeys of middle earth lord of the rings is that still going to have support 20 years ago from now like they don't have to update yeah, it but like <laughs> as iphones and uh, google devices and all that stuff as they upgrade if you don't support the app the newest versions of the software won't be able to recognize those old apps yeah so it's like it's not that they have to add more you'd have to just make sure it's completely compatible and i can tell you right now that those companies aren't going to spend the money to do that if they're not getting recent sales oh yeah in the game yeah or
1: if they even still exist at the time It's true um, yeah. yeah. All right. So we will get into our main topic here. This is one that. J- Are you ready um, to
0: pump me up, Brady? Yeah. So, no pain, no gain. That's right. And no, we're not talking about um, the. Um, oh, who, who 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 directed that movie? Uh, pain and gain.
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: Oh, what was that movie? Is the the bodybuilders in Florida?
1: Is it what do you the is it the documentary? No, it's got uh, Joy Art.
0: Rock. It's got Mark Wahlberg in it. I think it's got Anthony Mackie in it. And it's like a true story. I think it's just called Pain and Gain uh, with it. And it's these, it's these bodybuilders it. who do this huge big con drop. You need to watch it. Uh, Pain and Gain. But we're not talking about bodybuilding. We're talking about the experiences, emotions that you feel in these games that just have you either exuberant or brokenhearted, right? They're the type of games that we probably mentioned before, but they – hurts so bad when you lose because you put so much effort into it but they feel just that much greater when you win but a games that demand repeats.
1: Yeah and for me I think I'm talking about games where um, and we've talked a little bit about this before, but games where when I lose, it just makes me want to play so much more. Yeah, um, even more so than when I win. Because when I win, I'm like, "Ah, oh, I won! Like, let's let's just stop it right there." But when I lose, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I was this close!" And most times let's because of the again.
0: actions you made, right? Yeah. It's Like, "Oh, I can do that better. I can I can change up my strategy." Versus the games where it's happening to you, you're making it happening, making it happen. And so like, you, there's pain you're experiencing, but with those repeats. You were getting the game out of the it. reps. Yeah. The reps. You got to put it in the reps to get the wins. Right? So, uh, yeah. so, so why don't you lead, lead us off here, Brady? We both kind of made a list of some games that, uh, give us that experience. I have a couple too. that are like, they hurt so good, but I still don't want to, it makes me not want to play them. Cause I don't right. know how bad it hurts. We'll see how we get in this. list. see if we have any, I'm curious to see if we have any crossover. So um, yeah, you can my, lead us off here.
1: My first one here is, uh, is a notorious one. It's Watergate. So I don't know if you remember, yeah. but the first time we played Watergate, I I wanted to make it this nice, friendly game. You had already played it. David had already played it. So I was like, hey, David, why don't you come over here and you can team up with me against Matthew and play.
0: And David was like, no, you're going to do it all yourself. And then – Well, he's, I think he said, Brady, I, I can help you out here. And then he just proceeded to like, yeah, just play a card. Just play a card,
1: yeah. And so I got absolutely smacked down – The first couple of times we played, I don't even think we made it through the whole deck. I think Um, I was
0: saying, Brady, I'm sorry. I'm doing this to you. Yeah. During, (laughs) during our play.
1: And I honestly, I was like, I'm never playing this game again. And then, then like that night or something, I like looked at it, thought about it some more. And then I came back with the vengeance and I was like ready. And, and yeah, I, I honestly don't know if I would have enjoyed that game as much if I won that first game. Like, I don't know if yeah. I would have had that that burn. You felt desire. the challenge, right? Yeah, I felt the challenge.
0: Yeah, and it's like, man, I, I don't know if he's never – I think you even said at one point, like, this is stupid. <laughs> this is so dumb. Why would I, I want to well, play this at anymore? Well, fir- and to
1: be fair, at first I really had no idea, like, how to play the game or what the strategy was because these two yahoos did not help me out. No, no, uh, no. You,
0: you had your coach in the corner. i was i was your i was playing against you david said he would help you but he let you down there
1: yeah and that um like watergate it's just it's you versus the other player and so um, it's kind of like one v one in Smash Brothers. I know we we talk about how big. we haven't really
0: not we've briefly mentioned, but we haven't ever really talked about yeah. How so
1: everyone in the group is big into Super Smash Brothers. Huge. That's kind of that's kind of our our in like between line like, down yeah. Um,
0: Either while we're waiting for people to show up or after we get done playing <laughs> for the next you know thirty or forty minutes before we head home. Yeah. And play we Smash. got
1: Matthew deep in the sauce. Yeah. Sorry, this is a little bit of a tangent. But I grew up playing Super Smash movies on that in 64. And oh, I've played it ever since. And I got maybe Matthew had played man. like
0: one or two times way back in the day. And and that it wasn't. Com- Here's the difference. We play, but we play competitive Smash. Is what I would consider what we do is competitive because we we don't play with all we don't play with items we don't play with all yeah, these yeah, wonky yeah. hazards or stage we're playing with like battlefield flat platforms <laughs> yeah. and we're going mono and mono now we do I mean obviously if we got four or five or six of us we'll play group smash but then we'll still throw on the one v ones and so when I played it back a couple times back in the day it was just complete nonsense party game right yeah and so as uh, soon after I started hanging out with you and Jacob got more uh, involved and then we started playing this and yeah I'm we just put like, you
1: through the ringer. especially when it was
0: three three of us right because because brady's fantastic i'm I, i give brady so much uh trash talk all the time but brady is fantastic at smash and jacob is either is equal or maybe a little bit better when it comes like they both have their characters where they're just like they call it s tier or god tier level uh, competitors with it. And so they throw me into this and, uh, and I Matthew
1: started, probably lost every game for the first couple like, months. Yeah. Like several months that we played that and he kept playing. Oh, I, oh, this I think it's perfect for this topic. I know it is the pain and gain. The, and so I honestly expected, um, expected him to quit and be like, ah, I'm good. Cause like when you, you, I was
0: just getting demolished and I was just literally sitting there waiting for you two to finish <laughs> before we go any further and you don't understand what smash. And so uh, the designer it's Sakurai, it's a Nintendo fighter. game. And essentially it's a platform fighter. Um, but you have characters from Mario yep. from Zelda. If you're a from, millennial, you know what this is. Yeah. If you're, uh, even if you're the OG, when you're kind of got the melee and brawl and stuff, I mean, it's been around for a while. Uh, But you essentially got all these like classic video game characters from Nintendo or other stuff. I mean, you even got uh, your favorite, like Wii Fit Trainer is in there. You got (laughs) Samus and Ridley and Donkey Kong and a little bit of everything in there and just some wacky characters like Minecraft. Steve from Minecraft is in the game now and stuff. And so there's all kinds of different characters, but you essentially choose a character and then you're competing uh, to see who can last. And we play with stocks. And so essentially when you die, you lose a stock and you only get three of those. And the last person's standing like little battle royale style yeah. wins. And so I, for like, probably at least three months, never won a single battle. Like we would play, we have in our group called greatest of all time. I don't know. We probably didn't really start that until after I kind of got in or maybe Steven as well. <laughs> and we had like a bigger, like groups of us together. So we it's,
1: have a greatest of all time showdown every night. That yeah, You're the
0: greatest of crazy. all time until we play again. But um, I wouldn't even win a game, let alone like a stretch of games for several months. And it just kept driving me so much to practice more and more and more that during the heights of the pandemic, you know, uh video game consoles were being sold left and right and you couldn't find a nintendo switch to save your life okay matthew's like hunting down i the was going web. i was going to every game store best buy walmart's targets game stops will ones are still left open i was scouring the interweb the dark web the reddits i was like someone let me give you money uh, i was like i have money in my hand let me give it to you i ended up driving down to like uh near Asheville or something like that and i literally took like a three-hour round trip uh, to go pick one up from someone who had on Facebook Marketplace, just so
1: he can beat us in Super just, Smash brother. Not
0: because I wanted to play any other uh, Switch games. They got the yeah. Breath of the Wild and all this different Zelda games on there. I literally wanted to play and practice Smash. <laughs> so I've yeah. like financially put hundred, cost like two three hundred bucks into just practicing, and it paid off because then I started actually winning I know. and getting a lot better. And, and now I feel me, like I'm on he a beat me on in a, a true competitive level
1: one v one in super smash brothers and i was i was shook i'd stood up and i shook his hand and honestly in in smash brothers and we'll get back to and Board back to watergate era. um you when when it's 1v1 there is no excuse there's you can't no, hide you can't do anything yeah, you can't it like it is you know, it is if you win you it's are pure skill you are better than me and that's what i and felt I, like in in water well that's one thing
0: i love about games is that like Versus like that you hear me talk about so much like randomness in games is like, I don't want the game to beat me if we're not playing a cooperative game. I I want, and I think it's like Brady says, if I lose, I want me to be the reason why I lose. And so like, there is no excuse, but either shut up or put up when you're playing one V one. like, you got to put in the reps, the pain and the gain. So like my, like, uh, self pride. Like that's why I'm okay with losing. I think is because of Smash Bros. Because after three months of being humiliated, nonstop, <laughs> my I have no pride. I have no shame left in my body. And just so, and so everybody knows,
1: Matthew, he didn't test out any other characters. He I he said what what character has a good recovery, which means they can get kinda, back on yeah, stage yeah, they can get back easier. on stage because you easy. if you you
0: can fall off the stage and die. And so, being able to get back up on the stage is super important to just last yeah. him longer. So,
1: I gave him King K. Rule, which is a Matthew, giant crocodile that has a little propeller on its yeah, back and got can a little fly helicopter around. On his head. And so, Matthew has put in like a thousand hours plus of just King K. Rule, no other character. He has picked I, up like Pikachu pick, yeah, lately, yeah.
0: But, uh, but, but that's it. <laughs> but I don't feel bad about that because part of the game, everyone loves switching characters. I have so much fun playing the same character for the past year. I don't know why it is, but like I have like peak like people is like, does this spark joy? Yeah. Like the King K roll sparks joy in my life. So and it's just we'll get back um, to fantastic. board games, but
1: let us know if you appreciate some. Yeah, good, who's your we call who's smash, your main? Who, who's brothers. who's
0: who is uh who's your go-to that you're like competitive with? And um but yeah, so that's an example of pain a gain and putting in the effort. And so there's board games that can kind of require that kind of feeling sometimes to actually um, get any better at it so your first yeah. one there was watergate right watergate, yeah what's and so now name? i you haven't beaten me I haven't beaten you since like you got the game and you started practicing I don't think I've beaten you since yeah, and so and Brady I, just went like full zero dark yeah, thirty. I, w-
1: I actually stole Jacob's copy, and then I just I just played <laughs> everyone I could. <laughs> Started knocking on doors. Started
0: you knocking on doors in neighborhoods. Like who's 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 handing out flyers or evangelizing us today? And it's this guy with the little board game. Yeah, thankfully um,
1: my sister bought it for me, so I have my own copy now.
0: Yeah, uh, my first game here is. Uh, uh, one that's kind of taken our game group by storm that we absolutely love, but I don't think I've won a game of it yet. I may have won our very first game because, but that may just be for the fact that I I learned the rules first, and that's Lorenzo El Magnifico. Yeah, it, that okay. it. You know, that's a worker placement game where it is tight, yeah, <laughs> it, and it is so like you have. So, we talked about it before you have so much setup and control over your setup in the game, but every decision is so. It is painfully yeah. grueling because it's I mean it's do or die, yeah, and, and you can
1: get stuck you can get stuck at one point and you can kind of
0: know you're you're in a hole and you did it to yourself because what I love yeah, is that yeah. it's tight, but it's not a tight to where people are doing it to you it's I've made this decision, and I have to live with yeah, it
1: yeah the last time we played, we got probably halfway through the game, and i I knew I had lost the game, but I knew that I had lost the game because of me. Because I, I set, I, set myself and I like that up though. for failure. I was like,
0: yeah. I did this to myself, and it just drives me so much, and it makes me so like furious. Is like, why am I? What am I doing? Where I? I'm not doing better, right? Uh, So I'm constantly, it's pushing me to try different strategies, different uh, asymmetric powers, different combos, going after those different power cards, trying to focus on either your territories or your buildings or uh, in-game scoring points. And it just constantly drives me to want to get better and better at it every single time I play, but yet I still am not doing as well as I want to, but it's still wanting to bring me back to the game.
1: I didn't, that one didn't feel quite as, as grinding for me because I, I think I won the second game or so yeah. that we oh, played. Oh,
0: it's fun. Like some games are grinding. They do that. And it's just not fun. I'm still having a blast even yeah. when I'm losing at it because it's just so rewarding. Yeah,
1: Lorenzo was too. It was one of those games where I, I did not have a lot of expectation going in, and it really, really blew my mind. Yeah,
0: it shot, I mean, it shot up pretty high on your on your list, right? Yeah, for sure. Yep. All right. So okay. that's my first one, Lorenzo L Magnifico.
1: Okay. So this one, this game is one that made me feel like I think this may have been the first game where I called myself a feeble-minded gamer after we started playing this one, and Whoa. I just could not sneak in a win. Feeble-minded gamer. Feeble-minded gamer. It's Underwater Cities. So oh I yeah. Just, See, this I, wasn't on my <laughs> list because I, yeah, I have one. Yeah, I've won, won a lot. <laughs> and it. this was this was one of those games where we played probably four. Times and you won, you or Steven won. We, we played more than
0: time. that. You haven't been in all the plays though. With yeah. The...
1: And so I and I had been just, I'm like, what? And and it wasn't even that you won by a little bit of points. You, I lost significantly every time That's we played. Pretty significant. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out why and so i finally i was like i i've got to master this game and then i think either the last time or just or just the one before that i finally managed to pull out the win and i it felt so good it felt so rewarding because i we probably played like 10 games of it and i had just been getting walloped every time and yeah and you, i
0: really like the game too It's i love it i wish you know another game we, we can do a board game breakdown on uh but it just burns me up when i see these people on board game week just declaring these like overpowered uh strategies with it like one you see all the time people talking about oh, the game's broken the overpowered kelp strategy <laughs> i challenge you to sit down to a game of underwater cities with yeah. me um i say that in jest a little bit i'm not i'm not a, a narcissist or anything like that but you see that a lot of games like oh this is just that yeah. strategy and, and i'm like was, sit I, down I, and I will purposely play that game like people talk about all the time um um, The like in a great Western trail that the Cowboys are overpowered. It's like I will sit down, or the cow strategy and Cowboys, I will sit down and play that game and I will not buy a single cow card and I have a good chance of beating you, or vice versa. I don't go builder, I go a different engineer strategy. And so I have n- like no one in our game has won by focusing on that kelp strategy that people talk about all the time in underwater cities and they've tried it we have different people in the game group try Yeah, i gave it a
1: shot one time it did not work out so no, well for me <laughs> no. now
0: maybe you ha- maybe you're just like a mensa member with the iq of 155 and you think we're just um plebs and stuff and you can beat us but uh for the most part it's pretty pretty solid game so that's fantastic yeah so now brady you're an underwater city champion
1: Yep. All yep. right, what's your next one?
0: Okay, my next one, and uh, man, I think more this game, it gives me this way at a four-player count than a three, and that is Brass Birmingham. Uh, this game, uh, it just fuels so much frustration in me uh, about optimizing where you're going and what you're doing and how you're manipulating these coal and these iron markets and stuff and spending resources and timing out your debt and your loans and building your engine and then competing with spaces with other people i don't think i've ever played a game of brass birmingham where i didn't have just this overwhelming sense of frustration i was like this is not going how i wanted it to uh but it still fuels me uh to want to play it more though I mean, you. How many games of Brass Birmingham have you played?
1: I've only played two, and I will say Brass Birmingham feels it's been a while, but
0: it feels a little heavy to me. It is. It is. It's heavy, and it's. I don't know the right way to describe heavy. It's. It's not as heavy, and like there's like a lot of things to do. As much as like the, the order strategy. in which you but do yeah, it, I and just, the long term planning with it. And the thing is, you're constantly having to recalculate because those little markets are changing, people are moving. Yeah. And so you can't I just, just have a think strategy. I not
1: figured that one out just yet. No, and um,
0: it is not as bad at three-player, but I think where the game, I guess, is meant to shine the most is at four players. Um, but it constantly has... i feeling the pain and the frustration by not doing as well as I wanted to, even when I'm putting in maximum effort. Yeah. In it. And I,
1: I don't... That one... When- we we should we should probably give it uh another yeah david has or whatever, it he, but it didn't he, strike yeah, fire he, that fire in me No, it's like I, it, it's, a,
0: it's one of it's a top rated game it's in my probably it's in my top 10 15 games just because it's it's so sound but it doesn't have uh, yeah like you said that fire like some of these other games have it to get it back I still want I still want to play it and get good at it um but the amount of frustration that I've had in that game just by like I don't I'm, like just mad at myself like why am I not, why am I not smarter? Yeah. Why am I not better at this game? <laughs> and minded. yeah. And then Jacob uh, Yahoo over here is the self-proclaimed king of euros. He sits down at these Euro games. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Let me just move some pieces and he ends up winning. Yeah. All right. So, so that's my yeah, number two of,
1: of Jacob moving some pieces and winning. This one really is just for like a moment, like recently, because we just recently started playing it a lot, but it's a great Western trail. And,
0: I you've started playing it more. I've I've been playing it
1: well and I wanted to play it. So we I think a couple of weeks ago we played it. We played like three games like back to back to back. Um, And at one point I was and this was this is a game where I just kind of wasn't getting it for a while. wasn't really seeing like what the good strategies were. And I kind of felt like in the game um, there's these like tax buildings that you, you you play down and then other players kind of have costs to, pay to go through you. Them.
0: but you don't have to i mean if you don't have any money though you just don't pay so yeah. it's not and like so
1: i i kind of felt like in the game that, that was just those, uh, overpowered you have, you have to, to play do. those or or you're just going to miss out a lot um and so that was a little frustrating for me but the the like two games ago we played and you and i tied in the game And it clicked for me in that game. And that next game, I was like, I'm coming for you. Like, I figured, (laughs) I figured this out. And then that next game, I think I won by two or three points. And, and it comes down so tight in that game. It is so razor thin. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually when we, that's a mark of a good game. Like, even
0: when you feel like maybe you're getting blown out or vice versa, it just always, it still finds a way of coming down to the wire uh, I I don't think I've ever played a board a yeah. game of Great Western Trail where it's just been a crazy swing. Yeah,
1: so I put this one on here just because that moment hit me and I was like, okay, let me get the reps. I figured in. it out on that game and that next game, I just like knew it. I was like, I know what strategy I'm going for, and I'm going to get them this time. So yeah, yeah. Great Western. And Trail. There's a,
0: and there's a lot of games that it's been like that. It's like with a couple of people guys in the group, it's just not clicking. It was like why. And the why's and the reasons for the strategy. But then when they have that aha moment, they're just like full in because, uh, Jacob bought the game. John bought the game. It's like within a week, I'd finally like I broken think I'm
1: the only one who doesn't have Steven does it. Point.
0: And, uh, David doesn't, uh, David's, it's not his favorite, uh, Fister, I think Maracaibo is, but uh, I'm there's still these a Momba- games.
1: I still like Mombasa a lot.
0: I, I love Mombasa. I also got the upgraded coins for it as well, so we definitely got to get it to the table again. Uh, but there's games like that where like it finally clicks, and then everyone's just like, okay, let's play this game like 10 times in a row. Um, so that's fantastic. Um, my number three, and this is probably one of the most cutthroat, just, I would be afraid to play this with some people just because how upset they could get with it, uh, Euro games. So, it's not just like, hey, we're rolling dice and fighting cutthroat. This is like, you make a mistake, it's cutthroat, and it's going to ruin your entire game, and that's Barrage. Oh, Oh, my (laughs) goodness. This is, I don't want to say it's take that the Euro game, but if you've played the game, essentially... It
1: can feel pretty bad.
0: The whole, it's worker placement. It has, it's fantastic resource management. I love it. Essentially, whenever you spend resources, they go in this wheel and your wheel slowly gets rotated until they get to the full cycle and they get unlocked you can spin them again and managing and manipulating that wheel. It's fantastic uh, mechanism that I wish was in some other games like that. But the whole concept is that water is moving down these predetermined paths on the board from top to the bottom and to score points on these water droplets, you're going to have to build a dam to catch it. Then you're going to have to build a power generator to where you can convert yeah. those into energy, which then it converts into points. Um, but but if I build a dam above your, above dam, your dam, then you <laughs> cut me off and I could literally spend half of my game building yeah. my little system to catch water and convert and get a good little point engine to get those and little tiles. Over and so you fast. can literally put one piece <laughs> on the board and literally change the entire dynamic of the game. Uh, now, it does come cost because uh, the cheapest places to build are at the bottom the more expensive places to build are at the top. So literally as the game progresses and develops and everyone gets a little bit more of a resource engine going, you can afford to take the like, okay, I'm going to go one step higher than you. No, I'm going to take one step higher than you. And it's constantly going back and forth to where, okay, everything I just did was complete, is completely worthless now and I had to figure out to rebuild. But I still get that feeling of like, I should have planned better for that. Yeah, I, sh- I agree. Like, yeah. it, it feels bad in the moment. It's frustrating, but I still have that. It's not like, wow, this is a take-back game. They did that yeah. to me. I what should was have me. seen it coming. I should have seen it coming, yeah. and if I had planned a little bit differently, I should have paid the extra cost because it always goes to mind, I should have just paid extra to go higher Yeah. instead of just trying to be cheap and trying to squeeze out some victory points. Uh, But I don't know why we haven't gotten barraged back to the table sooner and this was like I said we
1: played probably three times and I've never won and it I may have won I think once there's
0: still expansion material that David got with the Kickstarter that we haven't played with that adds on some stuff but it's it's got a worker placement area and um if someone has already gone there you can spend extra workers to take that action or even more workers so like you could take the action but it's going to cost you more of your workers so to go there like I mentioned the resource wheel uh, is fantastic
1: it it's a really tight game because of that resource wheel. Um, you you those <laughs> workers just take so long to get back around to yeah. you, and it hurts you real bad. <laughs> yeah, because
0: there, uh, well, there's well, there's workers you put on the board, but then the resources is what goes around. You got like yeah. your little mining resources. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but there's so many things you can do to manipulate that to get a little bonus to move mm-hmm. your wheel around faster. Yeah, and I absolutely a- love it. And then you have asymmetric player boards those player boards are also recessed like if you tell me i got a player board and it's recessed and it's asymmetric i'm just like take my money in heaven uh and so in the in the all your components are different for each faction you got asymmetric player powers that you can kind of draft there are a couple we found that were a little maybe a little overpowered uh but you can kind of set those aside uh but there's still a lot of content we haven't touched um but every time i play it i just get that feeling man why am i not doing better and i want to get back back to it um so yeah, that's my number three another one where
1: i i continue to get beat by like like anywhere from 50 to 100 and points. if you
0: think is you get you and it does have that like there's there can be that one person who does get behind and they just can't catch up because yeah. people are just piling on them. um i've never been that person so i don't know how
1: it feels wow, that's been nice. <laughs> okay so my next one we'll move on and we we talked in length about this one recently, so I'm not going to go too much. Oh, uh, oh, come on! It's be blood a more rage. be Ah, oh, it's blood listen, rage.
0: The listeners don't want to hear any more. I apologize, listeners. I'm not going to comment on this, so he can get through it. So you've, you've heard us ranting about it enough.
1: Yeah. So this one, this one is a game where I I really play all or nothing, and it's like I like if I don't, you know, make this one move happen. Uh, like I, I'm going to lose, but it's going to be my fault. And, and yeah. it's a game where I can, I can lose by a hundred points and I'm like, run it back. Like, let's, let's set it up again and play again. There are and, a couple
0: times where you look at somebody and usually it's you looking at Jacob's like, Jacob, you need to do something here to help me out. Or we're both going down. Yeah. Do you I mean, do you get that sensation?
1: Yeah. I mean, this one, you can definitely get hosed by other players more, but yeah, there there are a lot of times where I am conflicted and I'm like, oh, do I do I go big on this or do I play safe? And and usually those moments where I end up like losing or getting taken advantage of is when I tried to go too big and I should have just played it a yeah. little safer.
0: I introduced uh, Blood Rage to a couple of guys, new guys who hadn't played before at one of the, the at a game night, just community game night that we host here and there on Saturday nights. And uh, they loved it. They had never played before. I mean, I beat them. I had like 282, and the next one had like 80 points or something, 90 points. Um, but they absolutely loved it, and they thought it was fantastic. There wasn't like anything they ever played before. Um, so that's our top three here. Now, I do want to give a dis- couple dishonorable mentions where they dishonorable. Caused me. <laughs> they caused me so much pain I don't want to play them again. Like they made me frustrated. They caused pain, but I just don't want to play them again.
1: All right, go ahead. I'll go ahead first. You think? You think? I have one more. Oh,
0: you have another one here.
1: Yeah, but you you go ahead with your dishonorable. Yeah. So
0: I do have a couple more, but I really want to give these dishonorable mentions here, Um, and we will give them a chance to be vindicated here in coming up episodes. But first one here is Ti Four. Ooh. Or should we say this
1: is one that you've never won here?
0: (laughs) I mean, the people. I mean, they just won't stop applauding. Look, I mean. Here we go again. Are they
1: applauding on your
0: side? <laughs> They're agreeing with me here. Oh, okay. All right, we'll stop that mess. Um, but TI4 is a game to where I just get so much frustration. Like, I do have my qualms with some of the mechanics, but I feel like, why didn't I do better in the game? And just, I get, it's just so painful when I lose that game. It's just.
1: Yeah, because you've been playing for eight hours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe it's the fact that we've been playing for eight plus hours. And I think the last time we played, uh, we didn't stop for a lunch break, and I didn't play any, bring any food. And so I was a little hangry, okay. a little hungry, angry. Um, but it's so painful when you lose because you're either losing by one point or like you, you and the player both have 10 points, but he has priority or she has priority. I've never played with a girl in TI4, but it could happen. <laughs> You can talk your wife into it. Uh, so that's horrible where you got the win condition, but you're not first in turn order, or you're just, you you got three points and you've been out for the past three yeah, hours see, and you feel so painful.
1: My issue with TI4 is there isn't, it's so hard to catch up. And I've only played twice. And in both games, the max amount of points that I've gotten is like three, and you yeah. have to get to 10. And there so are when you re- get can- into that position, you kind of get to this yeah. point in TI four where there is no way you can win. And so since you don't want to sit there for another four hours,
0: you just start doing chaos, you just start and then you get wh- the serious players people. mad at you Yeah, and then because yeah, there are matter. games where like, I mean, I feel like I'm out of it, but things could change. Yeah, I could, like there is, there are, there whatever. are significant, significant points in the game where I could look at you and tell you with 1000% confidence, you will not win this game. Yeah. And that's, and that's just, me. and that's just it. And there's, it feels really bad. And, uh, we plan to have a little player player versus player segment coming up where we talk about maybe some some of that more uh, so that's my first mission mention, mention and my second one is wait for it viticulture ooh and the crowd goes wild in agreement with me here i'm just i'm just the voice of the people here brady um i feel whenever i lose viticulture i just feel just like this visceral just like rage a and frustration <laughs> I, half of it's me half of it's the game and it just part of it wants to make me play it again cuz i just want to command a victory but there's just so much the pain just is just as bad to where i just don't want to play the game anymore yeah. either you
1: don't like the luck of the the literal luck no. of the draw we we've, we've talked i've
0: talked about this one before about why things I don't like about it, but it gives me that painful sensation though. It's not like, Hey, I lost. This is just, this is, a, you know, it's an okay game. Like if I lose a game of quacks, um, okay, <laughs> life is moving on. I had a fun time. There's randomness in it. Uh, but in viticulture, it just, it just, it just makes me so frustrated at myself. It's like, what could I have done better? But then I realize there's nothing I could have done better. Um, and it just not makes, yeah, I just get, don't want to play the game cards, anymore. Man. Yeah. So those are, to of my dishonorable mentions hit me up and uh, okay. me so i you know, the would, voice I'll of the people. This
1: to a dishonorable mention, okay. Um, so one of my games, and if if I had a love hate relationship with any game, Matthew, do you know what this is? Oh,
0: love hate, Brady <laughs> Root, Brady It's okay. Root, man. And be, be well, I guess the fact and, that you haven't ever won this game, this is true. And for if you. there's any game people are tired of hearing I have us talk about it,
1: experience more pain in it's root and and uh and what's crazy is at this point i i want to hate root like i want to be be like you know what i've never won in the 30 games that we've played um and people you know and it's not one of those things where even where i feel like oh i lost because of me there a lot of times i I've, I've lost because so and so just decides to come over here and wreck my whole strategy uh for no reason um but I like every time we finish I'm like I want to play again like I for me I just I am chasing that dub in,
0: in <laughs> Root so hard it's like a mystical unicorn yeah. you hate it the same way you hate that over the top trainer at the gym but then you're like you know what it's good for me I need to go back yeah I want
1: to <laughs> I want to be him um yeah so yeah, so that that that's rude for me is as uh, I've I've lost I've lost so much and and I still I want that I want to win with those birds so bad and I know it's possible
0: because other people Steven have done it. <laughs> it.
1: Every time I give them up, someone uh, somebody takes them and then ends up winning with them. Because... I remember
0: there was one point where this is maybe the second or third time David had uh, done it, had played the game with us, and before we started, he's like, "All right, gentlemen, um, I, before we start this game." Uh, none of us are gonna start uh, whining, complaining or acting like children in this game we're grown adults and we're gonna act like it because sometimes there's moments where we devolve into like whiny children. yeah uh, that, it's both that, comical I mean, at the same time though
1: because in that game that's that's a game where if if someone at the <laughs> table does not want you to win, you are not going to win that game. Oh,
0: it's not no, it's not that bad. No, it's, not it's, it's bad. I I, know, no, no. I completely agree. If if they
1: focus on you the whole time, but the do thing you think is you're is they're going to win the
0: game. They're getting points from doing that, which means they're going to attract other people's attention, so they'll eventually lay off of you.
1: No, I mean well, no, I mean just because they're attacking you doesn't mean they're that's Well, this points. is
0: also and this is another game that we could have a super in-depth breakdown. It's also important that you play we'll have with the eventually. correct reach. And so his reach is essentially a value assigned to each faction, which determines how quickly they could influence the board. And I think one of the last games where we had played, um, where we just, hey, we're just going to pick the factions we want. We're not going to worry about it. We had very low reach. Mistake. Yeah, because uh, Brady's, uh was playing a faction, and I was also playing a bigger faction. Everyone else was playing these like very slow-moving factions, and Brady and I were looking at each other like, there's no one else for us to attack here really. Yeah. Uh, so we I mean, just have to go lame. at each other. Yeah. So we are making sure need, we're going uh, to you, follow the law of route and make sure we keep our reach from that, our way. reach high. Uh, so yeah. that is our pain and gain. Now this is so super subjective because everyone is going to have a different interpretation of what it makes them feel pain in a game or does it drive them to want to play more? Does it want to push them away? Uh, does it make them want to go and watch a three hour world championship board game video? And, uh, and uh yeah maybe on you youtube with watch, it.
1: there's like a an eight hour video of twilight Imperium. you could go watch that and maybe that I will...
0: watch a couple of them right yeah. i literally are gonna have to call and it's like sorry i'm not gonna be able to show up to work yeah. for a couple of days i'm watching youtube videos of the same thing on repeat uh but uh let us know what is your most uh painful games but yet yeah. are it the pain hurts so good yeah and just Once all the it right places the fire and yet. yeah or just the game that is so painful it's just like ugh, I, I just let me push away that plate of asparagus <laughs> uh, so just let us know what you think. Um, but we're gonna get into kind of our last segment here, continuing the series. Eye on the prize. This is all about acquisitions incorporated, right? We're acquiring these board games, but where do we start? Where do we go? Because the thing is, this is a financial investment, Brady. It's like we've talked about this before. One of the first episodes is like, this is not a cheap hobby, and so um, sometimes thankfully there are some online groups where you can sell board games if you don't like them but like you just can't just sell this to the guy down the street if you buy a game spend a lot of money on oh, it yeah. and my you don't favorite like thing
1: it. is when i i put them on something like facebook marketplace and i'll put like oh, a group yeah, of yeah, games yeah, up, yeah. and they're like how much you want it for all of them five dollars i'll give you five bucks and <laughs> for like yeah, 150 dollars no. worth of yeah, board games because
0: like, yeah, the in the public's mind the they just place. don't have that monetary value associated with it and what they're getting returned because they're so used to playing these cheap cheaply produced games that they could replace like
1: the use section in Goodwill or whatever where yeah so it
0: was like if I'm going to make this financial investment I want to make sure that it's a game I'm going to like but you know how do I determine that if I haven't played it before because you might not be next to a board game cafe or a game store that doesn't sell anything other than magic cards you know
1: yeah so the we talked about it last week, but the first step was exposure. And yeah, so that is finding your sources. Yeah, so that that exposure is where you first heard about the game. Yeah, um, so we talked about things like uh, some of the top 100s or top tens or yeah. like Instagram or email list, that sort of thing. Yeah, YouTube,
0: so, board game geek, the Reddit pages. These are like channels that, like, I don't, I may not know about a game coming in, but I know if I do want to know about it. These are the places where I yeah. can find out about it first.
1: So today we are talking about research. So this yeah. is now that you've, you've heard that game, you kind of heard like a, a three-second overview of it. Where do you go to um, to find out more yeah. for the rules the, overview, for the, comp- like, look at the components, yeah. all of that kind so of stuff. So you heard
0: the word space and you had heard the words frogs and you heard the word worker placement. And you're just like, okay, I'm hooked. Now what sign me up. How, okay, you got it's cool, but is this gonna be a good game? Now this Brady, and I kinda mentioned before too, about like the love of the hobby, this research part of it is is almost just as fun as playing yeah, it's the game. Addicting. It's addicting. I mean, anyone who's super into hobbies, whatever it is, music sports, uh, outdoors, whatever it is like researching. I mean disc golf, Brady, you like disc golf, but like researching that perfect oh, disc. Yeah. Uh, what and is And there's the, like a
1: million. Yeah. The size the same of the disc,
0: is. how, how well it's gonna, um, well, it's gonna throw. Is it got loft to it? How much is gonna change in the air? There's so many I've values. Got
1: 14 putters. Do I need a 15? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Or <laughs> you, I gotta find the
0: exact uh, course to go to and everything. What are my numbers and stats? So like the research and the prep and like the, enjoying the hobby where you're not actually doing the hobby is yeah. what makes it enjoyable. Like, and so if you don't enjoy this part of it, it's going to be hard to actually enjoy the rest of the board game hobby. Cause you're gonna to have to be doing this a lot, unless you just want to constantly just be buying trash. Um, yeah. so, so
1: where, what are your favorite go to, go to spots to research board games?
0: Well, the first place I like to look at is a uh, board game geek, uh, and then look at just the ratings for it um so obviously this is going to be more helpful if it's a game that's been out for a while uh but looking at how it's rated um i mean are people first off Do the majority of people like it uh if it's like ranked three thousand on the board game geek you know maybe you know be a little more cautious but like, hey this is a top one two three hundred game it's like okay this is a game that's been rated by a lot of people that it's relatively well liked. I mean, if you get out a game in the top 500, I mean, it's a solid, solid game. So, like that right there, first off the top, is like, where is this game rated? Now, if it's a newer game, games take a while to move up those rankings, unless it's a Gloomhaven title and within the first day of release, yeah. Jaws of the Alliance or Past Great Western Trail as the number 10 board game of all time. I still think it's more of an expansion module, shouldn't be considered a separate game, but yeah that's another discussion We're looking forward to the day when saving
1: yeah. comes out and all three of them are, are the in top, top number 100. one, two yeah. and three. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so
0: first just seeing the, what's the, what's the general feel of this game? Cause I, I found, I mean, you may have very unique tastes, but for the normal gamer out there, you're going to, your tastes are going to align pretty well with the voice of the people. Um, checking out the dice towers, top 100 for the people's list, I felt was really helpful when I first got into gaming. Uh, looking at the top 100 People's Choice, so every year yeah, they the update. People's the People's Choice, choice. Is safe. I and it almost may be a little at bit the better. Other guys' stuff is
1: that can be risky. Yeah, and the thing is, <laughs> sometimes I the, get some weird stuff on there.
0: It's it's really safe. So like, so first check out that list and like, hey, is my game on that list? That doesn't mean, hey, if it's not on that list, I don't like it. But this is like giving you an indicator that I have a greater odds of liking it. I guess that may be the biggest thing. Is like, I'm not going to know 100% if I like it until I actually play it. But it's a better odd that I will like it. So looking at that, um, also like breaking, looking to see if you can get the rule book there. Almost all the rule books for these games that have been out have a PDF uh, on their file section on Board Game Geek. So just kind of crack it up. You don't have to read the whole thing, but like look at some of the pieces, look at some of like the actions that you'll do in it. Um, and then yeah, I talked about this a lot in the, um, in the rules teach is that I love, I, I don't think I've bought a game of my past like 50 buys without watching a playthrough of it first to some degree. Now, obviously there's some Kickstarters, but now even Kickstarters are having these like pre-production playthroughs or tabletop simulator, uh, tabletop simulator playthroughs of it to just see what the game looks like being played. What are the, I mean, if it's a game to where people are sitting in silence for three hours, that may not be your game. And you wouldn't know that until you're actually watching. Kickstarter
1: does a good job putting out like a lot of good visuals those juicy um, stretch goals—it looks all of that so kind of tasty,
0: stuff. but it may be a horrible experience when you actually get it played. And that's usually—I mean—we we'll need to make a segment out of this all by itself. But like the the hype behind Kickstarter, and then just like wow, that just really kind of underwhelmed me just from the experience. Because I would almost take worse components, but a better play experience. Uh, almost. Yeah, so I enjoy checking BGG, watching some playthroughs. I have some more, but before I mention any of those, Brady, what are some other like research yeah, avenues you so like to do? So I think
1: I think you and I just really differ here. I like I am not the one to jump on BGG. I'm I'm not a big BGGer, um, and I the last thing I want to do is read a rule book. So I, my go tos are just videos because I want to see what a game looks like. And then what it plays like. So, are you um,
0: watching like playthroughs? Are you doing like the five, six minute reviews?
1: Yeah, usually I'm watching like the Dice Tower or some other um, content creator doing a quick rules Mm overview. Once I get past that stuff, if I'm like, okay, so far, so good, then I usually am going to a playthrough or a walkthrough. So, usually my go to's there are watch it played with Rodney or uh, an up and comer. Is uh, John gets games,
0: so he. Does- I think he's pretty well established. I mean, he may not be as big, but I think his is fantastic because he does a combo teaching slash playthrough yes. with them. And I, yeah, I really it's fantastic. Like him. Uh, he does do some reviews, um, but they're a lot, a lot more succinct. The thing is, I, I like. I'll, I'll watch the reviews, but the thing is, so much of it could be by just that person's opinion. And the thing is, there are some reviewers on YouTube uh, that their opinions align a lot with mine like Paul Grogan with uh, gaming roles I feel like uh, we have a lot of similar tastes so I like I put a lot of weight on his but another great reviewer who's really enjoyable to watch but I feel like his taste very are, are are hard to gauge is like Roto, uh, with his run-throughs and his uh um, Previews and his reviews and stuff. I feel like his like what he feels like is a good game. I I, he's a he's a great creator, content creator. But I feel like what he likes and enjoys is like all over the place sometimes, and so it's hard to gauge. Like, well, I I don't feel like I can really go off by what he's saying to whether or not I'm going to buy the game. So I find myself more and more leaning away from like, well, this board game reviewer says they like it. Now I'm going to get it. I still watch the videos because like they'll talk about mechanics or stuff, but. I'm really looking for content that shows the. Yeah, play so you can decide for yourself. It. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of like the philosophy. Because even the Dice Tower with their reviews rotting. and stuff, um, I, I, like, I enjoy I watch it because they show components, they'll talk about mechanics, but I have a wildly yeah. different interpretation of, of, of what the game is like.
1: Another kind of one along the same lines as uh, John Good's Games is, I'm going to try to pronounce this right, Slicker Drips. That guy, yeah, I think. Yeah. He, yeah is from, he British? I think he is or, from well, you know, somewhere in um, Europe. But he does pretty good views where, or walkthroughs where he, he'll do like a, a a still camera where he'll just um like show one camera or he'll do the more like Rado style thing where he'll, he'll hold the camera and stuff. And I've liked a few of his playthroughs.
0: Yeah. If I'm serious about a board game, it's gaming rules and uh, heavy cardboard are my – the two channels i'm the most confident i i love man versus maple for their production and their content they bring out almost maybe more for the like their discussion um, um topics and stuff yeah, that they're around round they're table going, roundtable. Whatever, i yeah. really enjoy that but um and this is no knock on them they're they're great with what they do but i feel like they do a lot more like preview type stuff than actual uh, reviews and I do get the feeling sometimes the way it comes across nothing disparaging towards them. I think they're great, but the reviews sometimes feel like okay, we're maybe being paid for this review and the enthusiasm for the game isn't coming through. Like they're describing the game, they're talking about it, but I just get this feeling like they're doing it because it's on the list of games to review but that they're getting they, paid for.
1: Didn't they do that with uh was that was that who did Etherfields and got got uh David trapped in there.
0: Yeah, Jeremy. Yeah. I, I think is I I like a lot of what Jeremy's uh, games are. There are some like hit one of his top games is Twa. He loved Etherfill and stuff. I have very differing opinions yeah. on that. I,
1: it was on Tom's list, I think. Yeah. but yeah, uh,
0: but when they're actually like talking about the round table and this just their freely discussion, I think that's actually more informative and helpful for games and what's could be interesting because i just get the feeling like i mean they're they're running those are good i would i would review a game if people would pay me money too it's like hey you know send me send me a proposal at uh, the discussion phase at gmail.com i'll do a review (laughs) for you uh night or day but i just get that feeling so it just doesn't come across as i guess the no better word to say as genuine Genuine. there are thoughts and opinions with it um
1: yeah Yeah, so the round table things are great for exposure i used i I watch those all the time too
0: yeah. Up upcoming games. Um, I'm trying to think more to, uh, I know this is so shallow, but sometimes I'll look to see if a game has upgraded components I can get for it. Uh, and if it is popping
1: on Etsy and all that, I mean, it's stuff. a
0: very small percentage of making me want to get the game, but if the like game looks great, fantastic. And it also has some upgrade components. Oh. Uh, have we done a breakdown of like where we like to go to, to get upgraded components and pieces?
1: No, but we may in the future, Yeah, we could have a
0: whole segment of that, like the art of the upgrade. Yeah. um um building the game maybe that's a little shallow of I me mean, but I was, well, you can say one or two percent of my uh my decision to buy a game is if i can upgrade some of those pieces for it um but really it just comes to what is your kind of style of board game and then with that if you enjoy lighter games and you're not a serious gamer i'd probably lean you more toward the dice tower if you're more of a heavy gamer and like making sure you get that game with the right mechanics that you're gonna love and your, and your game group, then I'd probably lead you to some other channels and stuff like that. That doesn't mean the dice tower doesn't do heavier games, but they're more towards the midweight family style games. I feel like maybe that's not an accurate representation. Uh, sometimes I get that feeling.
1: Yeah. You know, I, i I think I found myself less critical of games now that we play more because I think um back in the day i would have i would have been much more critical and like oh yeah this game's got to go because you know we only play games once or twice a month and so if i'm playing a game i'm going to be playing this other game that i like a lot but now that we're playing a lot more games i feel like i am much more lenient on like letting being like oh let's try this one out you know because you're playing
0: a game once or twice a month there's no point in owning it if it's not get played whereas you know now we've got our game group and almost on the reg we can get at least three of us out of the six together to play a game if if, if we're free yeah if not, um then. and so we can either new games or old games or what are we into playing some more jaws of the lion whatever it is we can get stuff played and so like hey this game may not get played as much but still a good game we can keep in the library um but it just kind of also a lot of it comes down to um sometimes i'm just like hey i'm not going to do very much research it looks cool some people have liked it i'm just going to grab it while i can um But if, you know, if the financial component of the game, which is a legitimate thing, especially in the day and time we live in, um, where people are having to be a lot more mindful frugally uh, with what they're spending their money on, cardboard versus like stuff to take care of my family, um, taking the time to do some research could actually monetarily pay off for you because then you're not having to sell it at a loss or go through of doing all that stuff, which can be a headache. I mean, we do sell games, but it's usually games that have been cycled through our collection versus games we just bought don't like it now where you sell i yeah. don't think i've ever done that with the game that would get really frustrating annoying just like i'm just gonna buy games and then we'll just see what like or not and sell them i mean i always say like hey guys tell me if you don't like a game because you know what we can always sell it um but usually i feel like when we're bringing new games into the group we put the research into where it's got a good yeah. shot of us liking it to some degree
1: we rarely have any like misfires
0: what was the last time we've had just like an absolute like flop it's like wow i don't think any of us like that I can think of one um, recently. David was really excited about it. Iris Gage.
1: I didn't mind that one. You I didn't thought, mind yeah, it? That was right. I, I think, think I just, won. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's
0: why. Uh, but we played it. I mean, but it, I guess maybe I was wanting the game to be so much more than it was. And just like, ugh, just kind of okay with it. But, I mean, a lot of people like it. I mean, it's a Capstone game. It's, it's very beautiful. They got more expansions coming out with them. I'm trying to think. There's any other games like wow? I don't think we want to play that anymore. I mean, I kind of felt that with twelve when we played David that. David felt the other night. that
1: way about uh, Isle of Cats. Isle of I, Cats. Yeah, he he got I the Kickstarter.
0: It. I actually thought it was kind of entertaining. Like yeah, if you I enjoy, I was surprised when he said he got rid of it. If you enjoy like all that like Tetris puzzly stuff, especially when it comes to uh, Feast and for Odin's, and you're a cat person, but you wanted it in a shorter. Well, that's the thing. The game, yeah, that was actually now I'm thinking about it, the game way outstayed. It's like welcome for how long the game lasted. Um, but I wouldn't have objected to have played it again. Uh, but David's like, nope, this is going to go. We even played. I don't know why David picked up so many cat games. He also picked up cat lady, a little card game. where did like, he
1: get rid of cat lady.
0: I don't know. He may still have it, but he hasn't asked us to play it anymore. Yeah. Um, can you think of any other games that were just a big flop? It's like, well, that was a, a waste of time.
1: No, not really. We've, we've been really hitting a lot of, a lot of heavier games lately.
0: Yeah like you've been obviously you've been hearing us talking about it at the beginning of every episode. It's like talk about more simple games. Like, Hey, listen, we still enjoy party games. We talked about some last week, um, uh, with it. Uh, any other thoughts Brady before we head out? Nope. I think
1: that about wraps it up. We'll probably have one of the other guys on next week. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. So let us know if you, uh, miss just the two of us, the, the the Godfathers. We're here for you, what, even if the others. The Podfathers. Yeah, right. Uh, that's others, probably Joe aren't, Rogan. Aren't for the, yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode. And as always, I'm Matthew. I'm Brady, and this has been the, the discussion, discussion phase. phase. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the discussion phase. If you've enjoyed our content and like to hear more, make sure to tune in every Tuesday morning for new episodes dropping. If you'd like to follow us more closely and for our newest first impressions, unboxings, reviews, you can follow us on Instagram at the discussion phase, or you can join in on the discussion at the discussion phase at gmail.com. Well, I think that's going to be it for this week's episode. And as always, I'm Matthew. I'm Brady. And this has been the discussion phase. (laughs) Oh, my God.